The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I mustn't have been paying attention Alrighty. Very warm in here all of a sudden. Hey, 978. No, we don't even give a phone number here, do we? We don't. <laughs> are we capable of taking phone calls? Um, we we can we can investigate that. Not okay. live on the show, but yes, I okay. think, I think that's right. something that we could pull off. So maybe we can do that. Maybe we'll maybe in, in future shows we'll start taking calls. I generally don't like to take calls from the public, mostly because I don't really like people. Um, but um, we've had a couple people ask if they could call into the show and, and ask questions. I've told them, just post your question on the... Uh, the intranets. On, yeah, post it on my page, and we'll see what we can't do to get your question answered uh, if we can. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast, all by myself today for some reason. I know Fred and Meredith are uh, back at the office trying to get us some advertising. They're working the phones for us. Um, and Paul, who's supposed to be here... <sighs> He's a little late, but we'll we'll do what we can without he him. He operates kind of on his time. Yeah, I've he does. He, he operates on his time. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> oh boy, we love Paul. Though Paul actually, I think, makes the show. I think that um, you know, I was watching the first three or four shows that we had without Paul, and it just seemed like it it needed something. It was lacking. It was la- it needed something, and I wasn't sure what it was. And then I started getting hate mail from people who found some of our old shows ripping Paul to shreds, and I thought, yep, that's what the show needs. The show needs Paul Morano. So we're waiting for him to get here. Hopefully he'll be here very shortly. I don't even have a text from him telling me he's going to be late, which is not good. Um, so first, let's, start, let's thank our sponsors. We want to thank uh, – who are our sponsors? Here, let's just get these uh, – where are they here? Fred the Barber on uh, South Broadway in Lawrence. A $15 haircut. You can't beat that. Um, Fred the Barber is sponsored by uh, Ken DeLuca who is a customer of Fred the Barber, who um, so came to the office and said, you know, I want to help your show, and I want to help Fred the Barber, so I'm going to buy a sponsorship for Fred the Barber. That's and awesome. At some point in the next couple of days, i got to go get my hair cut again. So I shop with the people who do business with us, and my crew shops with the people who do business with us. So my writers, my advertisers, people who support our show, because they support us, they will do business with the people who are doing business with us. Then you get A&M Auto Body. We get our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there, and uh, he does uh, great work on, his, on, on your car. So if you've got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you've got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. You drop your car off. You walk down half a block to Fred the Barber, get your hair cut while you're waiting, and you go back to uh, pick up your car, and Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 361? 341 Three, South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Then we get Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales Lopez from Century 21. They have been with us from the very first edition of the Valley Patriot. They've been with us from the very first uh, paying attention show 
which was in 1999, back when he was Remax. He's not Remax anymore. Now he's Century 21, Teams and Gallus. Um, and, uh, and, and they sponsor our bash. They gave a $1,000 scholarship this year. They gave a $2,000 scholarship last year. And that money comes right out of their pocket. That's not like they're collecting money from other people and just using it like I do. They actually took money out of their pocket. So uh, who else do we have for sponsors? We've got... Um, you got Twin Light Security. Tw- how do we forget Twin Light Security? Our favorite. I don't, I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But um, Twin Lights... Let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors... The guys at Twin Light Security needed an extra security guard, um, security guard, not really a guard, but like an extra security guy um, to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up, uh, I called up Pat McLaughlin, and, uh, and I said, look, um, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. So if you need, if you need to fill, I mean, I have my license to carry. If you, if you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because, um, because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. Um, they're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. We're trying to get them into the McDonald's on Essex Street because they're having all kinds of problems there. Uh, and who else do we have? We have somebody else, but we'll figure it out in the next. Uh, do you have another uh, another adverti- advertiser there that we forgot? Maybe is that one? Uh, no, not anymore. All right. Uh, all right. So we can just move forward, I guess. <laughs> so because because Paul has joined us finally. Thank you, Paul. I I, I uh, did what I could to fill some time. You look like you're having a really bad day. I'm telling you. What happened, Paul? Nothing. It's just talk to me. I'm have, here for you. I have no time. I n- I have nothing for the show because I had no time to prepare for it. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> and I barely had any time to prepare for my upcoming class, but don't tell my students that. Yeah. And uh, that's it. So I'm but just... But you can, you can fake it I'm in class. I'm a little class. frazzled. You can fake it in class, I can, I, I can fake a lot of things in class. Yeah. Not everything. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I used to teach, and I'd come in sometimes totally unprepared, yeah. and I'd just throw out an open-ended question for the kids, and they'd talk for the first 20 minutes, and that right. would give me time to prepare something that I really wanted All to right. do. Let them yak away. Yeah, let them go. Yeah. So you got nothing, and I got nothing. Thanks for coming, kids. Yeah. Good night. Right. Well, shows, shows why, don't, why don't we have phones so that they can call in and well, ask you, us questions? You just if you weren't late, you we, oh. we just talked about that. See? Yeah, we, we're we had try, a whole discussion. We're on the same uh, same wavelength here because I did not hear that. We need some air in here, though. I'm dying. Um, mm. It did get all of a sudden get warm. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Uh, um, do those windows open? Uh, no, they do no? not. No. Okay, sorry. So there's a couple of things going on, Paul. I wanted to talk about. Um, we um, for the last I don't know. You've been with me a long time. Maybe the last. Eight years I've been coming onto this program wherever we happen to be, whether it was on the radio or here or anywhere else, talking about my favorite state elected Democrat, Suzanne Bump. Yes. She's been on the show. We've interviewed her. We actually gave her our First Amendment Award three years ago. Um, she has come out with a new mm-hmm. audit, Paul. I don't know if you saw this. I, actually, I'm, I think I might have. It's, it rings a bell that I saw the headline, but remind me. So Suzanne Bump came out with a new audit. That says seven, she found $17 million in welfare fraud in the welfare department. 
hmm. which is really weird because the last time she did an audit of the welfare department and she found like $4 million in fraud, Deval Patrick was governor. And he came out and he said that it was a lie, um, that she's just p- trying to play politics. Deval Patrick said that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she's a Democrat. In right. Fact, I was she, about to say that. She's a left-wing Democrat. She thinks – Suzanne Bump mm. thinks that Bernie Sanders is too conservative. Right, because that's how you know, like she's okay. really left wing. She's like to the left of Tennis Lilly. But apparently, she's an honest uh, left wing yeah, Democrat. she is. That cares about the bottom line. And we talked about this on the show when she Money. was here. Um, she said, "You know, it's kind of funny that you're a right wing Tea Party guy. I'm a left wing progressive, and we kind of agree on some things." Um, she, she's scratching her head trying to figure out how that works. Mm-hmm. And I and I said one of the reasons that I love you is that. You're a Democrat, but you don't follow the party line. You're not willing to sweep things under the rug to make your party line look good. You go out and you just do audits and let the facts stand for themselves. Yeah. And when, the, when Deval Patrick called, basically called her a liar in the front page of the Globe, and the Globe went after her and attacked her, she turned around and did another audit mm. and found like $2 million more million in welfare fraud and exposed that. And we had her on the show, and I asked her, why, why is it that you're going after these social safety net programs where most Democrats run away from it because they don't want to give the Republicans any chance to cut welfare or cut any of these social safety net programs. And she gave me the most perfect answer ever. Her answer was, if there's $10 million in welfare fraud, that's $10 million in services not going to people who need it. If there are people out there with fake welfare cards, if they're stealing home heating assistance, if they're if, if, there's, uh, if there's people stealing who work for the welfare department, well, this money was allocated to help people who are truly in need. And if I can stop them from stealing money and we can expose the money that's being stolen or misappropriated, then that money goes back into the coffers. Next year, it's not being stolen and more mm-hmm. people who need it get serviced. Now, the Republicans... And the conservatives, myself included, would say, well, if there's $17 million in fraud, cut $17 million out of the budget. You don't need that. And her position, a little different, is no, 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 that's the money. That money was allocated for people who need it. Now that we find out that there's this fraud, it's not going to get stolen next year. Well, we're going to take this and we're going to allocate it. And quite frankly, neither one of those two things matter because we found the fraud and we stopped the fraud and that's the most important thing. And then we can discuss after that what we do with the money that we found out was fraudulently stolen. All right. I need you to back up about five minutes and, All right. s- and tell me this. Are you saying that under Deval Patrick it was 4 to $6 million that was found and under, uh, under the present uh, governor, uh, Baker, it was $17 million? Is yes, that what you said? Yes, but don't hold me to the exact number. All right. All right something like that. Yes. So I'll, find under, the number, I'll find the number Under the talking. Republican governor and administration, it was much more yes. fraud found under right. the Democrat. Now, why would that be? Okay. Her answer is yeah. that doesn't mean that there's more fraud happening. Yeah. Her answer is... Because we've become much more efficient in our office at finding fraud, we're finding more. Okay. So it may not be that there was only $4 million in fraud a few years ago, and now there's more fraud. It may just be that her team is so good as they're going through all of these audits year after year that they they know more things to look for, and they're able to find more things. Now, I'm not sure which of those are true. I kind of side with Suzanne because I think she's extremely honest. Um, yeah, or maybe somewhere in between. Right. But the problem is there is there a lot of million dollars here uh, th- that are that's being wasted right. of people's taxpayer money. And, and 
Of course, the next question is, therefore, what are you going to do about it? So what, what steps are being taken? Well, her job is not to do anything about it. Not, not her job, but right. what, uh, what is she? Well, that's, that, that's okay. the $64 million question. So now that we find out through Suzanne Bump's audit, state auditor Suzanne Bump from Massachusetts, now that we find out that there's $17 million in, in welfare fraud, um, the question is, as, my, as was our question when it was about $4 million a few years ago, um, who, who's going to jail? I want to know who's going to jail, and that's not a question for Suzanne. Her job is to just audit the books. But where's the Attorney General? Where's Maura Healy? Where's the Secretary of State, Bill Galvin? Um, where is, uh, where's the state police? Are they going out, and are they arresting the people that were responsible for this fraud? Are we going to be able to recoup this fraud? Are they going to have to pay restitution? Are they going to go to jail? So far, nobody's gone to jail. Um, I don't know exactly what Suzanne does in order to get these numbers, but is she able to point at the people who are the fraud, uh, are creating this fraud? I would imagine that, they, that, that her team ought to be able mm. to at least track down where most of it went. Because okay. if, they, if they know where it was supposed to be, they know it's not there. Uh, for example, they found out in the last audit, and I'm, I'm trying to look for it right now. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. It was $15.4 million in fraud in 2016 mm. that she... Close enough. So I said four, and I was wrong. I'm always wrong oh. with numbers. I just I get I get numbers wrong. I have like numbers, ADD, uh, dyslexia. Um, now, do other states that you know of find this kind of fraud in, in I have their not, welfare? I have not ever read a story about mm. New Hampshire or Connecticut yeah. or New York. Because as you know, Massachusetts is is known for their welfare state. Right. So right. it's probably more in Massachusetts since it's more. They give out more welfare, so it's probably more welfare fraud, right. I would imagine. And look, I, I'm okay with if at the end of the day we find out that there's $17 million in fraud and a f some people go to jail, people get held accountable, people lose their jobs. Certainly, the last time they did an audit, they found out that there was millions of dollars in EBT cards that were charged in the Lawrence office that mm. walked out the door with no accountability. No accountability whatsoever. She also found out that we're doing things on the honor system. This is something Democrats love to do. They do it with voting, and they do it with welfare. Whereas if you go into, walk into a welfare office in Lawrence and you say, I'm homeless or I have no money and I need welfare, they give you forms to fill out, but they don't make you prove that you're poor. They don't make you prove you have a need. It's on the, it's on the honor system as if like, well, who would say that they have no money to get benefits if they didn't really need it, right? That's the Democrat theory. Which is, hmm. which is bizarre because we do it with voting. We do it on the honor system. You can sign up to vote. If you just say you're a citizen, then that's well, okay. I don't think they do that with unemployment, though. Why would they do it with welfare? I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. It's been a long time since I've been on unemployment, so I don't know. I don't remember how that goes. Um, but kudos to, to left-wing progressive Democrat Suzanne Bump, who is our state auditor. She's on the ballot again this year. She does have an opponent. I will be out there holding a sign for her. I will be going to every single one of her fundraisers. I will write a check to her if I'm not homeless myself at that point. Um, and and I, I think she's the kind of person that whether you're a conservative or you're a liberal, whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you're a Libertarian, forget the ideology for a minute. I, I know she's for abortion on demand up to third grade. I know that she is for all of the left-wing social stuff. But she's an auditor. She's not in charge of abortion. She's not in charge of the death penalty. She's not in charge of taxes. She seems like, uh, she, by your description, she's an honest person that is going to be in politics, and that is what we should be shooting for. And you know what? She's also... Mm, I'm not sure about that. Really? That's what we should be shooting for? 
having an honest person having an honest person that has that has all the all the wrong values and all the wrong positions i don't care how honest they are if in fact if they are honest they they'd be more apt to be able to apply that but if she's in a position of auditing, if she's only in a position of auditing, right. I agree. But yeah, she's I, running for I state auditor, so right. there's no there's no I other. I'm not too sure I'd be voting for, for. I wouldn't be voting for her for governor for sure. No, but it, but if this is a stepping stone to something else, then we really have to look at her positions on other things. I, I, agree, I would agree with that. I, I I agree with that. But I but I think Jonathan's on to something. I have supported left wing Democrats because they were, for example, Katie Ives ran against a guy that at the time. Um, we know was involved in some stuff, and he was a Republican, and I agree with him on just about everything that he said he stood for, and I disagreed with most of what Katie Ives said she stood for. I supported Katie Ives because she was honest, and I didn't think the yeah. other guy was. And I would rather have somebody who's honest that you can sit down with, isn't going to lie to you to your face and say, yeah, we'll take care of that, and then not do it. Um, she's also the kind of person, as is Suzanne Bump, uh, Katie Ives will t- just tell you, listen, I'm not going to do that. You know, I don't, I don't agree with that, and I'm not going to do that. Whereas other politicians would say, Tom, you're all set. We'll take care of that for you, and then do nothing. So I would rather have somebody be honest with me about where they stand. Um, I think it puts everybody on a level, level playing field. And if Suzanne Bump wanted to run for something else, I don't know that I could support her, depending on what that something else was. Hmm. But boy, as a state auditor, is she, is she damn good. She is just damn good. Well, if you, if you know your math... And you're willing to follow where the numbers take you. Uh, an auditor can be awesome. Right. It doesn't really matter what her other, uh, <laughs> what she stands for on other things in her personal life. Um, I'm looking but if, at. But if she runs for something else, then I'll, then I'll uh, start debating. So with I you. did a, a quick search here while we were sitting here. Yeah. And I searched on the Valley Patriot website for Suzanne Bump. There's like 30 stories, and it's a, and you just go back. It's like it's amazing. She she exposed waste and corruption in DCF. Right, the Department of Children and Families, and, and all the shenanigans that they're involved in. Um, she went after. Um, let's see, where, where are we here? Uh, there was like three of. Oh, uh, Mass Health, um, making illegal payments to providers. I don't, I'm pretty mm. sure nobody went to jail on that one either. Um, she went after the state retirement board, found six hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars in in um, benefits paid out to dead people. Uh, that was back in May of 2016. Mm, lots of fine. Uh, she went after the Mass Commission Against Discrimination for not doing their job. I mean, this is a, like if she was a Republican, what would we be reading on the front page of the Globe? Oh, the Republican auditor is a racist. He's going mm. after welfare because brown people get welfare. That, that would be the narrative, right? But bec- the, the value in having a left-wing progressive doing this is None of those things stick to her. They can't call her a racist. They can't call her a sexist. They can't say she hates poor people because she's more liberal than the globe, right? So mm. you look at some of these yeah. things. She went after the MBTA. She went after the MBTA pension fund. Um, let's see. What do you have? She went, after, she went after the court system. I'm just looking at some of these stories, and they're great. And what's even more amazing is that the press doesn't, usually doesn't cover it. Well, usually we're the only ones covering Suzanne Bump. Because the rest of them have a narrative to protect. The rest of them have a story to protect. And that's that there's no such thing as voter fraud. There's no such thing as welfare fraud. Republicans just make that up because they hate poor people. And here she is. She went after the Mass Regional, uh, let's see, uh, Massachusetts Regional Schools. She went after, um, oh, the Sex Offender Registry Board, which was great. Um, she found out after doing an audit of the Sex Offender Registry Board that they weren't requiring people to sign up. And if people who were supposed to, by court order, sign up for the sex offender registry, 
They didn't do anything about it. Like, they didn't track him down. They didn't issue a warrant for their arrest like they're supposed to. So she's somebody who's out there who's doing a tremendous job. She's exposing fraud. She's exposing waste and abuse, which is what every candidate running for every office says they want to do, but she's Mm -hmm. actually doing it. And she's taken a lot of shit from the Democrat Party for doing it. And so I think we have an obligation to come in here and talk about it and make sure people know she's the kind of person that you should be putting an X next to her name on the ballot come September and November. Because as a state auditor, she's doing a phenomenal job. In fact, I I would hope that the governor would find a way to give more money to her office to hire more investigators to find more fraud. Because if anybody can do it, it's Suzanne Bump. There you go. So anything else, Paul? When is she uh, running? <laughs> She's on the ballot this year. November? Yep. Okay. So I ran into her. At are, there, are there other other people challenging her? She's, I think she has a primary challenge. She's got a left-wing moonbat running against her. Okay. Who apparently doesn't think she's, she's liberal enough. Um, Why do you need to be liberal to, to, to play with numbers? Uh, well, you don't. But you mm. know how ideal, ideologues mm. are, right? We mm. see it on both sides, the far right and the far left. I have friends who will listen to this show today. They'll download it or they'll watch it live. Mm. And then they will either call me or send me an email or an instant message savaging me for helping the enemy, right? And I do enemy in air quotes, the enemy. She's the enemy. She's on the other team. She's a progressive. She hates Trump. She's for abortion. She's for this. She's, yeah, but again, who cares? She's, she's an auditor. As long as she's doing good audits, I'm always going to support her. And if, it, if it's building the Democrat farm team for her to run for something else later, we can deal with that later. Because I'm not too sure she'd be a great governor. I'm not too sure she'd be a great state senator. But, boy, she sure as hell is a great state auditor. And i got to tell you, I think Deb, uh, Deb Goldstein is, is actually a pretty damn good treasurer in Massachusetts. Um, she's doing some pretty amazing things. And I'm going to come in and I'm going to talk about her at some point. But uh, I, it's time in this country that we put aside ideolo- ideology. We have to stop seeing everything through the prism of what our political ideology is. We have to stop with the left-wing, right-wing stuff on everything. And when you're dealing with a state rep or a state senator, someone that's running for something that ideology is important, you want somebody that's closer to what you believe should happen in your legislature, that's fine. Ideology is fine, I think, for some of that stuff. But then you look at, like, Diana DiZaglio, who declared this week, or last week, that she is running for... State Senate. State Senator Katie Ives has announced that she's stepping down. She's not going to run for re-election this year. It broke, oh, yeah. it broke my heart. In fact, I'm going to try and get her into she's the She's had show. enough? Well, she just had a baby. Yeah. And I think that it's her first baby, right? So I think that she didn't realize, not ever having kids before, how time-consuming and how utterly exhausted she was going to be, um, mm. you know, having a son. So I think I – think she and I did interview her. I talked to her off the, off the record. Um, and the one thing that I will share with you that she said was, she said, you know, I, I'm looking at the next two to four years of my son's life. And I have to wonder, is it fair to him that I'm going to be off at ribbon cuttings and debates and, and mm. you know, legislative sessions and taking time away from him at these formative years of his life? Maybe when he gets older, <coughs> I'll be happy to come back and, and run for something else. But right now, I really have to give my time to my that son. makes sense. I had so much respect for that because there are so many people who run for pu- public office. They have kids, and they kind of neglect their family. They kind of neglect their kids because the politics is more important to them. And when you find a politician where the politics isn't more important mm. to them, it almost makes you want them to stay more, right? Because you understand they've got that perspective. Like, they get it. They mm. get what life is. It's not all about the left-wing, right-wing battles. It's about real life and real people and real stuff. 
So Diana DeZoglio, who's the state rep out of Methuen in North Andover, is going to be running for Katie Ives' seat, which encompasses Lawrence, Methuen, North Andover, Haverhill, Georgetown, and Groveland, um, I believe parts of Newberry, Salisbury, and Newburyport, and I think Amesbury. Um, I don't think anybody has declared against her yet. I think there's like some college kid that is, has pulled papers but has no shot. Um, now, this is a, a seat for the state Senate? Yes. So then is, is this a step up for Diana, or is it sort of just another Well, I think it's, a st- it's, I think it's a step up. Well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. It's a step up politically in most people's minds because the state Senate has a little bit more power. Uh, you've only got, I don't know, what, 50 senators? I think, I think it's 50. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, you only have a few senators, and so that means each senator has so much more power when it comes time to budget time, taxes. And look, Diana's not a left-wing lunatic. She's got some left-wing ideas. She's on board with all this Me Too baloney. But she, she voted against the gas tax. Um, she voted against giving uh, benefits to illegal aliens. She's very moderate when it comes to a lot of this stuff. And she's also someone who listens. So if you're someone who doesn't agree with her on whatever issue it is, and you go and you have a coffee with her and you sit down, she wants to know why you disagree. She wants to take into consideration that maybe you've thought of something she hasn't. And if you can show her that you've got a point that she hasn't thought about or that maybe overrides a point that she has, she'll change her mind. Like, I've seen mm. her change her mind. Uh, unfortunately, she changed her mind, for <laughs> changed her mind for the, for the, uh, in the wrong direction on, on a huge vote in the transgender bathroom thing. But I think that's the only one that I can think of where we really disagreed on, on like, vehemently on an issue. Everything else, she's open. She might take a position... But if you show her she's wrong or you show her that there's other information, she's going she's gonna to take that into consideration. She's going to go in the direction she thinks is right. She doesn't check all the boxes. And and, by the, and, yes. Well, I was going to say, and you have her ear? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. All right. Well, I mean, not, not many people have her ear. Yeah, so when you she, say she doesn't listen to anything I say, but I have her ear. When you say something like, you know, she'll listen. I mean, how many people are going to sit down and have a coffee with her during her tenure? Well, you know what? If, uh. you, if you were to call... Um, let's say you were to call Barry Feingold. Let's say Barry mm. Feingold wins his election. He's running for state senate in the Andover district. Uh, Barry doesn't return calls. And Barry's people don't return calls. And Barry's not interested in hearing anything that you have to say if it doesn't comport with what the speaker tells him to do. Right? Mm. So that's not a knock on Barry. That's just what it is. Right? That's just how he, that's how he handles his politics. So you can sit down with Barry, you can find Barry at some public event, and you can tell him how you disagree with him on something. He's not listening. He's looking around the room. He's looking to see who else he can talk to. He's trying to get away from you, Mm. all right? Mm. Diana, on the other hand, will actually sit down. Like, if you Mm -hmm. walk over to her in an event, she'll say, come sit down with me. And she'll sit down, and she'll actually listen to what you have to say. So when I say she listens, it's not just she listens to me, because trust me, I have her she doesn't listen to me on 90% of the stuff. But she, but she will listen to members of the public because she, she acknowledges and accepts that she's not the smartest person in every room she walks into. She acknowledges and accepts that she doesn't know everything, and she's willing to listen to other people who might know something she doesn't know. And I think that's tremendously valuable in an elected official. She does her job with humility. Right, she does. Okay. So for, I, my question for both of you is, yes. when it comes to politicians, do you think it's more important to have a person in office that you know is honest but that doesn't quite match up with your viewpoints? Or would you rather have someone that you know is dishonest that claims to match up with your views? 
Yeah, I'm going with the honest guy every time, and I and I did. I when Sean Tui ran against Katie Ives, I agree with Sean Tui on every single thing he said. I couldn't find one thing to disagree with, and I still supported Katie because Katie's honest. I take the opposite view. Really, really, really. But you know the guys dishonest, girls dishonest, right? But they say that they're matching up with party lines. Yeah, Paul. I didn't know how honest uh, Donald Trump was, and I voted for him. In fact. I thought he was probably just pulling the wool over lots of people's eyes. I just f- figured he was, an, he was a reality actor. Uh, I didn't know how honest the guy but was. But Trump is the exception to everything. No. <laughs> you can't use him for an example for anything. Well, and he's, the, he's the exception to everything. I want to uh, hold Paul to the fire a little yeah. bit yeah, on that Paul. statement. Because yeah. did you vote for Donald Trump or, against or did Hillary you vote Clinton? against yeah. Hillary I know, Clinton? I knew you were going to say that. Um, well, I tell you what. If, if Hillary Clinton was honest, if Hillary Clinton truly was an honest woman, hypothetically, and she held everything that she does hold in her values and in her politics, I would certainly have voted for Donald Trump, who I didn't trust. Absolutely. No question about it. See, and I, I would agree with you if it was anybody but Donald Trump, right? Because I think, I think Trump is just, he's so, he so breaks the mold on everything. I, I'm not voting for a neighbor or a friend right. or a pope or anything else. I'm voting for somebody who... Uh, says he'll do things. Now, very often, they don't say what they'll do. Mm-hmm. Th- they don't do what they'll say, but if they're on the record, they're going to be held to the cu- uh, to the fire. And see... Well, and he, it's unfair to even yeah. say that about him because he gets held to the fire whether he said it or doesn't right. say yeah. it. Right. And somebody will say that he said something that he may or may not have said. Yeah, you'll get breaking... Uh, on CNN, you'll get breaking news. Donald Trump said once that he likes to put cream in his coffee. Mm. Now, to Jim Acosta, we have video of him his, using cream. You mean his kafafi? His kafafi, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then they do like a three-hour panel discussion as if that's the most friggin' important thing in the world. Uh, but let's get, back to, let's get back to the honesty thing. Yeah. I would rather vote for somebody who's honest, who doesn't comport with my, my political views, than somebody who says that they comport with my political views and is dishonest because they're going to sell me out at some point. They're going to get in there and they're going to say, uh, I know I said this during the campaign that I was against mm-hmm. abortion and that I was hey. pro-life, but hey, you know, we had to compromise on this, on this tax bill, so I voted for a pro-abortion bill. I don't want that. I would rather someone tell me to my face, Tom, I'm against you on this issue. I'm never going to support a pro-life position or I'm never going to support an anti-tax position. But that's where I stand. And then you can work with them on other things. If Hitler was an honest man and he, and he believed in his policies of, of you know, uh, getting rid of a certain amount of Jews because he, he, he has a final solution and so forth. And Ronald Reagan, I thought, was a dishonest guy. Uh, and if they were running against what a each stupid, other... What a stupid analogy. If they were running against each other, I would certainly vote for the dishonest See, guy. Donald Trump was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yep. He yeah. said he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed him. And no one believed him. But I, I believe in his heart of hearts that his he was honest in his campaign and he believed that he was going to be able to get certain things done, not knowing because he wasn't a politician how difficult it is well, to get things to pass. I am coming to uh, believe that Donald Trump in his campaign was honest, but during the campaign, I, I didn't know. All I knew was his reputation right. and, and all of that stuff. Right. So, and, and, I, and throwing away the extreme, because uh, we know that there's an exception mm-hmm. to every rule, right? I know you're Mr. Mr. Extreme, mm-hmm. but you know, forget the Hitler stuff. When you're just talking about regular politicians, I would rather have a city councilor or, um, or a uh, um, selectman or a state representative who is honest, who doesn't comport with everything that I believe in. Because nobody's going to comport with everything. Nobody I does. It depends, the on what the, it depends on what the issues are. Right. Right. And it also depends on what the issues are facing the culture and, and, and the district at the time that they're running. Right. Like when 
when well it depends on the job too like auditor right i don't really care much what she thinks about anything else other than numbers right like when obama was president and you had people running for congress Hmm. and they were saying open borders or you know they were using code words but they wanted open borders right i would never vote for that person no matter how honest they are because of what was going on in the country we had thousands of thousands and thousands of people streaming across the border every day and it was it was a paramount issue for me but removing that if you're just talking about a regular politician Give me the honest guy every time because at some point you can sit down in a room with an honest person. And if a person is honest, that means they have integrity. And if you can show them that they're wrong, they're going to change their mind. And I, I, I actually changed it's, Katie Ives, State Senator Katie Ives' mind. I changed her mind twice on two different I, issues. And I walked out of both of those meetings going, wow, I can't believe I just did that. But it said more about her than it did about me. I happen to think there's a difference between honesty and having an open mind. I think you can have one and not the other. True. And I think right now with Katie Ives, you're, you're talking about somebody who has an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's important. But um, I think there are, there are a lot of honest liberals that if you put them in, in their honest state, in, in, in uh, positions of power, you will get yourself a uh, very progressive society. All right. I got one more topic right. I want to hit real quick and then we're going to take a quick break. So the stock market tanked the other day. It's always going up and down, isn't right? it? Right. So it tanked. It was the worst day since the since the Great Depression. I think it was Monday, right? This yeah. week. Yeah. Don't hold me to the day. It might have been Tuesday. I think it was. I think it was Monday. Um, put on CNN, and it's Donald Trump's stock market has crashed. Donald yeah. Trump said he was going to be the guy that made the stock market boom when he was president. He was he was going to be the greatest ever. And look, look at the numbers. And they had a ro- rolling Chiron all day. As it was going down Donald with the number Trump's, of yeah. the Dow crashing. But the following day, they started the day with the Chiron at the bottom. And they started with their narrative of the Dow is down again today. Donald Trump's stock market is crashing again. But by 1 o'clock, it had doubled. And not, it was no longer in negative numbers. It was now mm. in positive numbers. It was the greatest gain we'd had in like 15 years. And all of a sudden, the Chiron was gone. And they were talking about Russia again. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Russia. Hold on a minute. If you're going to give the guy a knock when the stock market's going down, and you're going to call it Donald Trump's stock market, then when it rebounds and it comes back and it doubles, you've got to say Donald Trump's stock market just doubled. Look what a great job he's doing. Do you think if Mueller finds no faults in Donald Trump in collusion, you think that all all of the – Networks are going to get together and start their uh, six-month apology no, to this no, guy, absolutely to, to, not. to President Trump. No, they'll say, "Oh, he I just didn't." I don't think so either. Oh, you know what? So. He, he, they'll say he got away with it. They'll <laughs> right. say, "Oh, he did it," and somehow yeah. he found he's so brilliant that he got away. Think about this: mm. on the one hand, Donald Trump is the biggest idiot who has ever sat in the White House ever. Everything he does is wrong. Everything he says is wrong. The guy can't even tie his shoes without help. On the other hand, he's such a fucking genius that he was able to collude with the Russians. He's a secret Nazi and, and, and kept that from everybody for, t- for 50 years. And that he is secretly using our government to try and exterminate Jews and black people. Now, how can both of those be true? And yet they say it with a straight face on CNN and MSNBC every single day. You got to pick one. I mean, come on. Come on. It just goes back to what we talked well, about last week. The philosophy of the left has never been consistent or rational. Yeah, I agree. That's the bottom line. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk about troops on the border. I want to talk about the decrease in crime in Lawrence, which doesn't seem like it's a sexy story. But guess what? It is a sexy story. I'm driving the streets every night chasing police calls. I've looked at the numbers. I've seen it for myself. 
Uh, I've got firsthand knowledge of it. We're going to talk about it when we come back here on Paying Attention. Thank you, Paul Morano, my co-host. And, of course, our buddy, Mr. Jonathan, the voice of God, who's our producer today. We've got Rich Russell in the house with us. And Sean the Barista. Broke, I don't want your money. Um, someone else who's pretty awesome. Uh, Century 21, jo- uh, uh, Joe Zingales and Rosanna Zingales-Lopez at Team Zingales. They sell houses. They buy houses. They've been with us from the very first year of the Valley Patriot in 2004 when they were Remax, before they were Century 21. Um, Joe gave a $2,000 scholarship last year at our bash. This year he's giving a $1,000 scholarship at the bash. Um, he sponsors our police rallies. Uh, Century 21 Teams in Gala sponsors our political debates. We did the sheriff's debates, primary and final election. He sponsors this show. He sponsors us in the Valley Patriot. So you see a pattern here. People who come in with us, they get the publicity of this show and the newspaper and all the stuff that we do, they get business from it and they stay with us. And they stay with us because advertising with us works. That's just a fact. All right. Now, all right. we have a new sponsor today. And I apologize we didn't get to him. We're going to promote the crap out of him next week, I promise. Fred the Barber. Anybody remember Fred the Barber in Lawrence on South Broadway? He's been there for about 185 years. Um, and he looks pretty good for 185. Yeah. Um, Fred the Barber at 309 South Broadway in Lawrence is our new sponsor, thanks to Ken DeLuca, who bought a sponsorship for them because he loves Fred the Barber so much. Uh, he's been in business 25 years. He's open seven days a week. He is on South Broadway right next to Yokohama, which used to be a great sushi place, not really so much anymore. Um, they're open at 8.30 every morning, seven days a week. Uh, Fred is there Monday through Friday, and Mike is there every other day. And you can still get a $15 haircut. Nice. Like, I don't know anywhere else you can go anywhere, including Lawrence, where you can get a $15 haircut, even with the 5,000 barbers there are all over North Lawrence. And they're open Fred three, the Barber. The Fred the Barber is our new sponsor, and we certainly appreciate him. Appreciate him. Then we've got Angelo Memolo from A&M Auto Body. He's in the old Metropolitan Building on South Broadway, right down the street from Fred the Barber. So you go get your car taken care of, and you go get a haircut while you're waiting. How about that, right? So you go see Angelo in the old Metropolitan Building on South Broadway in Lawrence. Angelo is such a great guy. He advertises in the print edition of the Valley Patriot. He advertises on this show. And this morning, Paul, he called me and he said, how much is it for a table to your bash? I want to buy a table. He said, I'm probably only going to come with one or two people. So... How many ever empty seats there are at my table? You can have a veteran sit there for free. I'll pay for the ticket. That's awesome. So that's a, that's a guy you want to do business with, right? I do business with good people. Um, and if I have an advertiser that's not someone like Angelo, I really don't want their money. I don't care if I go broke. I don't want your money. Um, Twin Lights Security, Patrick McLaughlin, Mike Thibodeau at, at Twin Lights Security, uh, they not only are a great security company that provides personal and business security, they're also private investigators. And not only do they provide, they're going to be providing for free the security at the uh, 14th anniversary bash next Friday on March 23rd, um, but they also um, employ me. I do uh, private investigations with them from time to time when they have some, when they have a need, when they need somebody to do like a real investigation because I'm an investigative reporter. It's kind of like what I do. Um, who do we miss out? Uh- you know what happens if you're not paying attention. Look, anybody who wants to run can run. And Marcos Devers won handily in white neighborhoods in South Lawrence. And I thank, I thank all the voters who voted for Marcos Devers. On the other hand, uh, no, white I, I person really... will, no white person will ever beat a Hispanic in North Lawrence in Spanish neighborhoods. 
on their own. If Barbara Gonzalez runs against Jesus Christ in District C, Jesus isn't winning. <laughs> and you know it. Although they might be confused, they'll say Jesus and they'll think maybe he's Hispanic. <laughs> but but they'll see Gonzalez and they're going with the Z every time. You, you know it, don't you? Let's take a phone call. I'll take the laughter as an indictment. So don't miss a minute paying attention with Tom Duggan. All righty. want to thank our buddy Paul Lambert, attorney Paul Lambert. Um, I was doing some um, corporate paperwork this week, and Paul called me up, and he said, Hey, listen, I was just doing some research, and I came across your name on the Secretary of State's website, and I found a mistake in your corporate filings. And I was like, oh, crap. I mean, like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff, right? I'm totally incompetent, that kind of thing. Uh, Chuck always used to do our stuff. Um, and so I was like, gee, I don't like, I don't even, I wouldn't even know how to do that. He goes, well, Tom, don't worry about it. I know how to do it. Just tell me what, tell me what the actual numbers are. I'll go on. Give me your password if you want, and I'll go and I'll fix it for you. And uh, Paul is an attorney. He's somebody who's been a friend for a long time. He's somebody that I trust. And so I gave him that, uh, the, the passwords and stuff. And he went on. He just fixed everything for me. And it was just really, and he didn't bill me for it either, which is great because you know most a, most attorneys they'll you know they'll charge you for a phone call, and mm. uh, and Paul didn't do that. So we want to say thank you to Paul Lambert, an attorney who has always advertised with us in the print edition of the Valley Patriot. At some point, we'll get him to sponsor the show, um, and we certainly appreciate all of the help that he has given us over the years. He's always somebody who's there, and he's also a member of the Knights of Columbus. Um, I thought I had something here that I wanted to read. I'll try and get it for before we go off. Uh, before we go off afterwards. But, Paul, we've got a couple of topics. I'm gonna what let, do you got? I'm going to let you pick. All right. So we've got troops on the border. Troops on the border. We've got the YouTube shooting, YouTube which shooting. I find absolutely hysterical. Uh, we have our homeless vet, and we have the decrease in crime in Lawrence. Actually, you know what? If I were to choose one, two, three, and four, I would choose it exactly how you said it. Okay. So do it in that order. So the YouTube shooting. So All right. it's it's interesting, folks, that... YouTube is against guns, mm. right? They've taken down thousands and thousands of videos of people who uh, do videos about shooting, about you know reloading, how to reload certain weapons, how to build certain weapons, how to take weapons apart and clean them, uh, because they're anti-gun, they're anti-Second Amendment. And they believe, the people who run YouTube, uh, that we should get rid of our Second Amendment because they're against guns. And lo and behold, this week, you flip on CNN, which is what I watch in my office, and some woman went into the YouTube corporate offices in California somewhere and started shooting the place up. Well, already there's something different about this. It's a woman. Right, yes. Usually, nine, 99% of the time, it's a man. Right. So this is interesting. So I think it's interesting. Yeah. I, think, I think we should be talking about toxic femininity. I stole that from Tucker, to- but I think Toxic we femininity, yes. Because uh, all we hear about is how men are the ones causing all the problems. So now that yes. we've got a woman causing a problem, I think we need to be looking into that. We do. Um, she also has a very Middle Eastern name, which I thought was very interesting that the mainstream media glossed over and went out of their way not to even broach the idea that this might be terrorism. Hmm. So we don't know if it was terrorism or not. We kind of think that it probably wasn't at this point. The cops that I spoke to in California yesterday um, said that they thought it had more to do with a domestic dispute. And then the news came out with, no, it wasn't a domestic dispute. 
It was she was mad about YouTube's policy on videos because they took some of her stuff down. Some of I her think. stuff. Yeah, down, and she was right. angry about that. That's what I heard. Now, what would be interesting is to find out what they took down, right? Because if what they took down was her saying "death to America," mm-hmm. um, you know, kill as many Americans as you can, um, you know, put you put a bomb on your kid and put him on a bus and blow up a bunch of people, um, then I might probably side with YouTube on that one. Mm-hmm. But again, the news gives you half the information. They tell you the, who the woman is. They don't tell you if she's Muslim. They don't tell you if she's connected to terrorism. Uh, in fact, they didn't even tell you she was a woman for the first three hours after the, after the event. I also heard that she was uh, left-wing in her politics. Is that true? Yes, and a vegan. Okay. And a vegan, too. Right. So um, it, I find it interesting how this didn't get half the press right. that the other shootings have got. Yeah, well, if she was a white male who was a member mm. of the NRA, they'd be blaming yeah. the NRA. They're not, they're not yeah. blaming vegans, though, are they? They're not. <laughs> Female vegans. Female vegans on top of it all. Um, So who who knows what really happened? Because whenever a big news story like this happens, whether it's Vegas, whether it's Parkland, uh, whether no matter what it is or this story, the news is not interested. Reporters are not interested in reporting. They're interested in repeating. Mm -hmm. They look at what the other news stations are reporting. They just repeat what the other news stations say without doing any work whatsoever to find out if it's true. So... Because they're not out there actually doing research and reporting, we don't know what those videos were. I think the first question any real reporter should have asked was, well, if she went into YouTube and shot it up because she had videos taken down, what were the videos? Yeah. Yeah, right? what were they? Yeah. I mean, maybe they were totally innocuous. Maybe, you know, maybe it had to do with vegan stuff, right? We don't know. But because we know YouTube is very liberal and very progressive, you would think that it's probably not political reasons. I'm almost... I'm almost starting to think that maybe it might have had something to do with terrorism and YouTube's just covering it up. But certainly, you would think that reporters would be asking YouTube, hey, what did you take down? Not one person, not one person on CNN, Fox, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, the Boston Globe, the New York Times, the Boston, I mean, you, the Boston Herald, none of them have asked this question. It's a simple question. She shot up a bunch of people at YouTube because they took down her videos, what videos did they take down? What were the content of those videos? Do they have a right to know? I think I yeah. think we do now. She shot people. Okay. Like I mean, she she is responsible for committing an act of mass violence. I think we should find out every sing, every single thing that we can about her. And then she killed herself. She did. That was the real tragic thing. I mean, she should have killed herself first. If you're going to go out and commit mass shootings and then kill yourself, my suggestion is kill yourself first. Well, well yeah. and then go on and the then mass go shooting. do the mass shootings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you can, after you're dead, but chances are she wouldn't she wouldn't be able to. Right, that, that now, was the point. I hear you. Um, Don't you think YouTube has a right to privacy as far as that content no. goes no. on their site? And that content belongs to them. I don't. You you agree to it every time you put up a YouTube video? Well, yeah, you agree to a lot of things, but nobody ever re- really reads those things. I know I don't read any of them. I, I sign up for software all the time. I just click accept. Yeah, okay. Terms of service. Yep. Okay, I'm in. I just want to use the product. Right? So nobody ever reads that stuff. But I don't think they do. I, I think if you're Facebook, if you're Twitter, if you're YouTube, and you're making yourself available to the public, and you have public policies, and something happens, you should make it available to the public. Because you're, it, it's not like they're a private company that's just doing business with another private company and the people who work there. You're doing business with the public. You're opening yourself to the public. I think you should be answerable to the public. That's just me, Paul. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know. But... Um there seems to be a lot more going on here uh, with a woman who comes in and shoots people up because something was taken down from her, uh, from her site and she ends up killing herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably some, a lot of psychological problems here, no? I would say so. I mean, 
it can't be just they took down a couple of things, so I'm just going to go shoot some people. Right. Well, you I know, mean, she, one of the other things YouTube does couldn't have started here. is they will demonetize your account. So if you uh-huh. want to put up a video, you can make money on that video by monetizing it. You sign up for monetization, which allows YouTube to put ads on your video at the bottom of the screen while people are watching your videos. Now, we've experienced that here at the Valley Patriot, right? So we put up videos. Uh, we had Diana DiZoglio came in one day. We talked about the opioid crisis. Mm. We posted it. We made about $25 in the first couple of days from, um, from ad monetization. And on the third day, I got, a, I got a, a thing from YouTube saying we've demonetized your video for violation of terms of service. So I watched that video 15 times trying to figure out what it was that we said during that show about opioids with a state representative who was only talking about legislation that would have made them demonetize the account. Apparently, I have no right to know why they demonetized the account, but they demonetized it. They demonetized the video. But so, it didn't uh, motivate you to go to YouTube and shoot a few people no, about this. No, so, I, no. I mean, but that's not, <clears throat> that's not my only form I, of I, income either. Some people, this is their only form of income, and they need that money right, I, for whatever I'm, it is they're doing. Have you heard a psychological evaluation of this or, or her personal life or anything about this lady through the news? I haven't yet. No. I, I'm I, not even, I find that strange. I'm not even sure it would be relevant, but... Well, as, uh, to, to understand the motive. Yeah. I think if they just release the videos... Yeah. That will make us understand the motive. Like, we'll get it. But they don't want to, they don't want to release it. And not only do they want, don't want to release it, nobody in the press wants to even ask the question. Like, not conservative news on Fox and not liberal news on MSNBC. Nobody wants to ask the question, what was the video that, they, that, that she was mad about? Because I think that would probably tell the whole story. I don't think reporters, I don't think people who call themselves reporters really want the whole story. What they want is they want a quick hit. They want a headline, they want lots of ratings, and they want to fit that into the narrative of conservative Fox News or liberal CNN. Well, and I, they don't want the actuals. They don't care about the actual details. The details are incidental to them. They want to push a narrative on both sides. And so as a result, we are stupider for it. We are more ignorant for it because we are, we are minus information. I agree and I disagree. I, ag- right. I agree that it would be helpful, at least for the public, to know what, what, uh, what, was, what was taken down. It'll... It would certainly enable us to understand what, perhaps, what triggered her. However, no matter what the videos were, just think of, think of the, the, the best, your favorite videos ever. If, you, if you, they were to be taken down from YouTube, you wouldn't go kill yourself right after you killed other people about it. Well, There's something else going on here other than a few videos being taken down, I think. What is it? I mean, probe. You sound like a liberal. <laughs> no. Maybe he had a bad. Maybe she had a bad childhood. No, no I'm not saying these maybe are. Maybe she was raped as a child. I'm not saying these are reasonable excuses, but right. I just want to know what's going on here. Yeah, I think I think finding out what the videos were would give us a much better understanding of why she did it than some idiot psychologist who's way over overeducated and thinks they know way more than they really do, doing some kind of an analysis of her personality. You know, I mean. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of problems. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of mental illness. There's a lot of people out there taking um, psychotropic drugs and mood-altering drugs. Um, that well, maybe she that was might on make, that might make horrible them drugs at the time. Right. I, I, don't, I don't hear about a, a drug control movement that, uh, that should be going on because, I, I mean, most of the people that commit crimes are on some kind of drugs I agree. when and, they do I, it. And the media totally sweeps it under the rug. Totally yeah. sweeps it under the rug. All they want to do is talk about guns whenever something like this happens. But it's weird, Mr. Jonathan. I have not heard one person on CNN in the last 24 to 48 hours after this YouTube thing using it to try and take away our guns. 
That is interesting. Because they don't want to talk about it anymore. Right. In fact, I didn't see one word of it on CNN today. I was watching CNN all the way up until the time I came to the show today. And I didn't hear one word of it. And this just happened like a day ago, right? Yeah. This happened like a day so, ago. So why aren't they using this to try to take away our guns? Because then that yeah. keeps this story of a white woman hmm. who shot up a place because YouTube's taking the videos down. And they keep that story going. Right? They don't want that story. That doesn't fit their narrative. Their narrative is white men plus NRA equals evil take everybody's guns. This doesn't fit that. So they just stop talking about it. On the other hand, they're still talking about Parkland, which happened, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Mm. And, and hailing all of, these, all of these high school students as heroes and everything they say is perfect. And if you criticize them in any way or disagree with them, you're evil. You hate children. You want children to die. Right? That's the narrative. Although and, the narrative aggravates me. I'm still a huge proponent of freedom of speech, and that's their prerogative to do that, and that's why people should be listening to this podcast and subscribing to this podcast because you're going to get, at the very least, Tom Duggan's version of the truth, but he does dig deeper than the average reporter. Yeah, and, and if just like five other people in the country would just start doing that anywhere, I think the public would be much more informed. I mean... I say it all the time. If you listen to my show or you read my newspaper and you thought I was full of shit when you started and you think I'm even more full of shit when you're done, I'm okay with that because you've challenged your own belief. You've listened to what someone else has to say, hopefully open-mindedly. And when it was over, you still kind of feel the way you felt before, only maybe even stronger. I'm okay with that. I feel like I did my job. You know, I'm not here to convince you that I'm right. I'm not here to get you to believe what I believe. I'm here to present information to you so you challenge what you believe. And too many people run around believing things and have never actually given any thought to what they believe. Like Donald Trump's a Nazi, but Donald Trump should take all your guns. Now, eh, you got to think about those things. Right? You can't have both of those views. And you should be challenging your views if you, if you have those views. So anyways, that's it on the YouTube Wait, the, prob stuff. the problem is philosophical. People are... Stupid. Uh, are, are, they feel a need a psychological need to, to follow a narrative, like you were mentioning earlier. There's, there's a need in so many people to, to fill in the blanks and to follow it as a, as a constructed narrative in order to pursue particular political ends. I don't know what any of that uh, meant, but I'm just <laughs> going to agree with you for time. <laughs> but, but my question, my beneath-the-surface question, is why are there even any narratives in the first place? Why right. can't you just... Why can't you just follow the story and dig for the truth no matter where it leads? Because people who, call, because people who call themselves journalists aren't really journalists. They're politicians. They're not. They are. you got guys like Jim Acosta on CNN who worked but, for the Obama administration. But they're more ideologues than even politicians. Right. I agree with you. Did you say idiot logs? No, well, idiot -logs. no. Ideologues. Right, just checking. I like that one yeah. better. So Donald Trump wants to put our troops on the border. Uh, this is my grandfather, my grandfather. Now because he, there's a whole slew of people coming up through Mexico right, now, right? Yeah, okay. and you've got thousands of people just walking across the border. We talked about the wall last week. Liberals say, oh, a wall won't work. Well, it depends on what you mean by work, right? If what you mean by work is it's going to stop every single person trying to come here, you're right, it's not going to work. But that's not really a realistic goal for what should work. Well, nothing ever works 100%. Right, exactly. But if you put a wall up, it's certainly going to stop thousands and thousands of people from just streaming across the border and doing whatever they want, coming into our cities, some causing crime, some not causing crime. But, but we don't care about the ones not causing crime, right? We don't focus on them because they're not causing crime. But the ones that are causing crime, we want to deport them, and the Democrats want them to stay. Well, but should we focus on them? They're breaking the law by coming in. Well, I think when you're in a boat and you've yes. got a hole in the boat, yes. and you've got a big, huge hole, and you've got tiny you, little holes. You've got priorities. You, right, you've got you to prioritize. You prioritize, um, you know, the Democrats make it sound as though 
ICE and Border Patrol is rounding up grandmas for parking tickets and deporting them because they're here illegally. That's not the case. It's just not. And I can tell you from driving through Lawrence every night, it's definitely not the case. But what they do want is they want guys who are members of MS-13 and the Trinitarios and the Latin Kings and the Latin Gangster Disciples and all of the gangs that are out there that have come here illegally and then joined a gang or were in a gang before they came here. And they're selling drugs. They're selling guns. They're victimizing other immigrants. And here's the thing. Paul, they victimize other immigrants because they know that the immigrants that they're going to victimize are going to be less likely to go to the cops because they're afraid of getting deported too. Makes sense. So I don't understand why those who say that they care about, quote, immigrants aren't Mm. willing to protect those friggin' immigrants from the people who are victimizing them who are here from another country. I'd be willing to say, look, you build a wall, you deport the people causing trouble, I'm willing to have the discussion about letting everybody else stay in some capacity or another. I don't think they should be citizens. But I'm willing to have that discussion. When Obama was president, I wasn't willing to have that discussion because there was no chance of a wall. Nobody was getting deported. They wanted total open borders, and they were throwing welfare and public assistance open for everybody who showed up here. There's a deeper question to discuss about this. In three minutes. In three minutes. And it, uh, it doesn't relate to priorities at this point. It relates to what is a nation. And, uh, and with that is if, you know, if whatever a nation is, does it have a right to have a fence? Does it have a right to protect its borders or, or not? Of course. And is a nation like a very large family, for example, that if you break into my house, um, even if you're not doing, if, you know, if you're not committing any crime, even if you're buying the cold cuts to put in my refrigerator... Um, you still broke into my house. <laughs> does that mean that you have a right to remain in my house? Right. Is a nation... Just a very large community house to which we have a right to say, wait a minute, we have some laws here that you can't break in. Right. And I'm of the, I'm and, of the mind of, I throw a party uh, at, my, at my office, right? Yeah. And it's, it's for people that I invite. Somebody comes in uninvited. Yeah. But they're not causing any trouble. They're okay. having a beer. They're chatting with people. They're pleasant to talk to. They're not causing any trouble. I'm probably not going to throw them out. But if a guy comes to my party and he's not invited and he's pouring beer on the floor okay. and he's peeing in the sink and he's starting fights in the other room, well, guess what? you got to go. Wait, that's, that's bad? Well, okay. in, in my place, it's bad. <laughs> okay. All right, so yours, yours is the uh, your party metaphor and mine, mine is the household metaphor. metaphor. But in both yeah. metaphors, Paul, every single person who says they're against a wall, yeah. they lock their car door, don't they, when they get out of the car somewhere? Sure, right? yeah. But, but why would they do that? It's not going to work. Someone can just break the window and steal your car. Could, could happen. Right? Yeah. And when you leave your house in the morning, you lock your door, even though someone can climb in through your window and break your window, or they can break the door down. So nobody says, I don't lock my car door and I don't lock my house door because it doesn't work, hmm. right? Because someone can still get in. So why do we accept these kind of bullshit answers from politicians and ideologues who say a wall isn't going to work? Hmm. I think we should have the troops on the border. I, think, I, I, I also see that there's going to be violence. Yeah. Once we put them on the border, the narco-terrorists who are trying to smuggle people and drugs and guns into this country and terrorists into this country are going to start shooting at our guys. And our guys are going to have to be shooting back. And so I think putting them on the border, you're going to see violence. But I would rather see the violence of our guys shooting back hmm. than just willy-nilly letting every single person who wants to come here walk across the border and stay. Now, I also think that we need to clarify what refugee status is and should be. Right. Because I'm all for refugees taking, uh, taking refuge in our country. I'm if not. I am. If, I'm they're, not. if they are, have been vetted and if their lives are in danger. 
Yeah, I'm I, not. I have no problem with I'm that. I'm not. You know why I'm why? not? I used to be. I used to be All where right. you are, but I'm not anymore. Here's why. A lot of other places they can go. There's no reason why they have to come well, here. Maybe some of them are going other places. Well, they're not. They're all coming here. Well, because we have that Because nobody place. else lets them in. I, I mean, except for Western Europe. You want to go to Western Europe? Fine, go to Western Europe. You want to get into Australia? Right, well, go to Australia. Well, what if, you want to go to... What if they're from our hemisphere? What if they're coming down from Canada or coming up from Mexico? And, we're, and we vet them and their lives are in danger. You have any problem? I don't. If their lives are in danger, I guess they can stay. Well, if Absolutely. we use your party analogy and they're not peeing in the sink... Right. You would yeah. welcome them. Right, yeah. If they're not causing crimes, if they're not joining gangs, if they're not selling drugs, mm. yeah, I, I guess I'm okay with accommodating them while they're in danger. Yes. Now, Trump just recently, and I know we're over. I promise I'll, I'll wrap this up, Jonathan. Um, Trump just recently rescinded, I think it was El Salvador, could have been Ecuador, I can't remember which one, but there was a country that had sent us a ton of people. And they claimed that they, were, they had to come here because they were being persecuted mm. by the administration that was running that country back then. What does persecuted mean? Right. Yeah. It's a law that's been in existence, I guess, like 25 years. They're still here. So it's 25 years later. They've had five different administrations come and go in their home country since then. Mm. And they kind of like it here. I'm, they, of course they like it here. It's way better here than it is in the country that they came from or they wouldn't have come. And, and Donald Trump rescinded it and said, no, you know what? I mean, it's time for you guys to go home now. Like, we accommodated mm. you, you were in danger, right. we helped you, right. but it was a temporary help. And it's kind of like you sneak into a movie, and when the movie's over, you decide to just sit there and watch the next movie that plays. And, the, you know, the usher comes down and goes, hey, listen, you know, mm. you snuck it's in, you weren't, even, you weren't even supposed to see the first movie, but you did. But, you know, there's another movie coming, and people pay to get in here, so you got to go. And somehow making the argument that, oh, no, I deserve to be here, and by the way, give me free popcorn. Hmm. You know, a couple, a couple extra boxes of jujubes, well, too. The, the, the question is, are you, are you in danger anymore? And let's try to prove whether you are or not. Why is nobody talking about us being in danger? Everyone wants to hmm. talk about empathizing with the people coming here. Nobody's empathizing with what that does, allowing all of those people into this country, what that does to the people who are already here. And it's weird because liberals are, were all concerned about the people who were here when they were Indians. Mm. And how evil it was that the white men mm. immigrated here and what that did to the Indians. But they don't really seem mm. to give two shits about <laughs> all the people that are coming here now and what that's doing to the people who live here now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. So there's all kinds of hypocrisy going on in the so left. So they weren't for illegal immigration back when uh, Europeans were coming over. Right. Well, but, it wasn't but, illegal. But they, but but they are. Right. Yeah, that's right. It was. Right. And, anyway. then the, and then anyway. the final point. In Lawrence, yeah. you've got... Um, You've got people who are all upset that Donald Trump called out the city of Lawrence for the opioid crisis. Mm. And they're saying, no, 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 don't blame Lawrence. Blame the people from New Hampshire who are coming to Lawrence to buy the drugs. Mm. So translation, the people who are immigrating across the border from New Hampshire into Lawrence are the problem mm. because they're coming here to buy drugs. But if they're immigrating across the southern border into America... Don't blame the immigrants mm -hmm. coming across no. the border. Blame the people who are here who, are, who, have, who have created the jobs and the culture that attracts them here. Mm -hmm. So don't blame Lawrence for the meth labs and the fentanyl well. labs that attract users into the city. But do blame Americans for people coming across the border from Mexico. I can't it, figure that out at all. It all has to do with white versus minority right. in both cases. Right. That's exactly the problem. Yeah, I agree. So we had a couple of local stories. We're going to hang on to them until next week. I know that in Methuen there was a, uh, a spending freeze in Methuen. I know that the, the mayor of Methuen is, uh, is considering cutting about $4 million out of the 
police and fire budget to pay the schools. Let's hope he doesn't do that. Quite frankly, I think the schools in Methuen get too much money. I think the schools in general get too much money. I would rather that money go to police and fire. We'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of pushback they get on the city council. There's a couple of Lawrence stories we'll also pick up next week. Do you have any final parting thoughts, Paul? Uh, I don't. Just uh, have, a, uh, have a continued happy Easter week. Did you have a good Easter? Everybody? I did. Did I, you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a Anything very, special? Very good Easter. My, my in-laws came in from Virginia, and uh, I got together with the rest of my, some of the rest of my family up here, and we had a great Easter and, uh, went, and went to the uh, Easter vigil. So. Excellent. All right. Well, Paul, we will see you next week on time. Uh, we'll see about that. Ish. Right. <laughs> time, ish. We'll thank, see about thank that. Thank you to Mr. Jonathan, our fine, fine producer, the voice of God, and somewhat of a rock for me here on this show. Kind of keeps me grounded when Meredith's not here. Paul Morano, my fine co-host, you are on Beneath the Surface Radio on yep. WCAP in uh, Lowell on uh, 980 AM. Uh, what yep. day and time? Uh, Monday nights from 10 to 11 p.m. And you can uh, see my uh, uh, my page at facebook.com slash fellow truth seekers. And if you want to sponsor this program, $50 a week, we will promote the crap out of you. You see how we, we take care of our advertisers, yeah, right? We, do. we could certainly use your money. And we will do everything we can to make sure that you get business out of it. So thank you for listening. We will see you next week. 18,000 downloads, Jonathan. Did you right. see those numbers? Yes, I did. 18,000 downloads of this program over the last couple of months. Melvin Taylor says go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.